Hey, this is your host, AJ Rounds with Rev Road, and I'm here with my uh, co-host, Jake McCark from CB Vault. We're super excited for this week's episode with Jake Hawksworth and John Miller from Hypercraft. So excited to learn about their journey in helping to electrify the world, jumping onto a trend that's really helping their business grow so fast, and along the way, also relocating their headquarters from Arizona to Utah. It's some really cool, we got some really cool stories in store for you, and excited for this week's episode. So let's get started. All right, Jake and John, welcome this week to another episode of the Midnight Podcast, the Midnight Founders Podcast, rather. And we're here in Springville, Utah with AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake McCarg from Central Bank, CB Vault. CB Vault. Yes, we've recently rebranded and they're excited for that, right? Uh, heck yeah. <laughs> so let's dive into today's uh, guest here. We've got Jake Hawksworth, from Hypercraft and John Miller from Hypercraft as well. Tell us a little bit about you guys. And, and I disclaimer here, I love Hypercraft. It's one of RevRoad's and uh, RevRoad has invested in that that company, and uh, we love what you're doing and and see your work all day long. But I want to we want the audience to hear about it too. So tell us about Hypercraft and what you're doing and and your role at Hypercraft. Yeah, it's great to be here, and thank you guys for having us. Uh, my name is Jake Hawksworth, CEO of Hypercraft. I'm one of the founders. There's three founders. And um, as a company, what we do is electric powertrains. So we're focused on uh, you know, designing and manufacturing electric powertrains for all kinds of applications. So they, they go into um, anything from racing vehicles to um, boats in the marine industry to cars, motorcycles. So... Cool. Um, that's that's what we do as a company, and and uh, we hear nothing about electric vehicles in this day and age we live in, right? Nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's it's probably one of the most talked about things. And, so cool. And it's it's worldwide, so we have a lot of fun doing what we're doing, and there's a huge demand for for what we do as a company, and we're about um, you know overall we're almost two years in as a company. Uh, but we're about seven months from a major pivot that we made, and we can talk more about that. Love to hear it. Uh, my name's John Miller. I'm one of the three founders, uh, co-founder of Hypercraft. Um, I'm a creative professional, been working in advertising in the worlds of uh, power sports, action sports, outdoor industry um, type of clientele uh, over the last 20 plus years. And um, Hypercraft was something that started as some just passion ideas, big ideas that, that Jake and I were, were bouncing off of each other. Um, Jake with his product background and me with a creative background, we had worked on some things together in the past and we had this common vision for uh, a really high performance bespoke uh, mountain snowmobile. And that's, cool. that's where this whole thing kind of started. And, you know, Jake is just a genius. Like he, he has this vision and he has the ability to go into 3D and, and model these ideas. And, you know, I'm really more of like the cultural media, creative, how do you tell the story? Who do you connect with? How do you connect? Um, and, you know, and Jake sees it that way too, but from like the product development side. And mm. so we really just started riffing off of each other with this idea and, and Jake modeled it out. and. Um, I had some relationships, influential relationships that were, uh, you know, professional athletes that were really excited about what we were working on. And they were kind of interjecting, you know, some inspiration and getting us excited. And 
there's just all this energy building around this project and we didn't even know that it was going to be electric in the beginning and I think we we ended up there because it was the only way to achieve the that you know how we wanted it to perform and the application that it would live in and um, and then we ended up with on the electric you know electric drive system as the, the only way to solve this problem yeah and everybody wanted to see it happen and we ran into the major roadblock of like how are we going to do this drive system like we could build the chassis but how are we going to power it and um and it, it made it really difficult to overcome that challenge mm. and so we had already had quite a bit of time into the development of this this vehicle and yeah and i, I think it's really mm. important for everybody to know too like hypercraft's founding we were going to be a small boutique mm. brand you know, so, you know, very limited, small volume customizations. And yeah. And, 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 you know, just kind of like, I mean, you look at the hypercar market, you know, the really, really high, high performance cars. Um, you know, we, we thought that there was a market for that in the power sports industry, mm -hmm. right? Not taking existing production vehicles and modifying them heavily, but more of a bespoke ground up mm. developed vehicle, high performance. And, electric was really exciting because you know as we researched the technology the changes in you know the form factor you could package battery cells together in all kinds of different shapes and you know it was like this new frontier and as a product designer you know you get excited about that from the technology side and you're unique in the market um, but it was it was kind of the you know the the initial steps that we took and we just thought it was we thought it was a great idea and um, we started designing, like John said, and we got, I mean, we, we definitely got down the path. Um, and then we kind of turned towards the business model, you mm. know, and, and now that we knew a lot about, you know, where we were headed, you know, how do we make it work as a business? And that's what how we, do we make money, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we kind of had, you know, we had a high level business model, right? And it was kind of proven in the market. We knew, we knew that if we executed this very well, we could, we could, we would have the customers and that we'd pay the price that we thought it should be. The uh, higher the price, the more the demand kind of model. Yeah, and, and position yourselves high end, uh, you know, yeah. Ultra high end, very, mm -hmm. very extremely high end. Okay. And then very limited quantities. Uh, but that's where electric was kind of this double-edged sword mm -hmm. for us because mm -hmm. it was the newest technology. Um, but what we realized was it wasn't accessible to us as a company. Mm. Um, and the Why cost. Not? Well, I think, I think there's many different reasons, but one of without getting too much into it, but one of the biggest reasons is that all of the development of the technology for electric was was really tailored towards tier one automotive manufacturers, mm. okay? So, um, you know, these companies, you know, develop, you know, would develop the product and, or, you know, these components or aspects of an electric drive system or a powertrain, but they weren't developing it for you know, markets like the motorcycle industry or, you know, aftermarket automotive. So mass or quantities, marine. not small quantities. That yeah, they were they were targeting Ford, GM, Volkswagen, mm. Stellantis, you know, like, and, and that's that's where they were headed. And, and, and Power Sports was, is definitely a laggard in that realm, which mm. they've since announced there's development going in that direction. But before... Yeah, this was 2019, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. um, and And so it was kind of a different... You know, when we look back, we'll say 2020 and 2021 were kind of the breakout years for electric worldwide, mm -hmm. you know, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And, and, and we made our major pivot, 
you know, during that time because we moved away from developing an electric vehicle. The other thing we realized is that electric, ve you know, the consumers are early adopters right now for electric vehicles. And, um, you know, a lot of the startup companies that are trying to take vehicles to market, they, the volume isn't there for anybody, mm. you know, to dedicate that much capital and have that big of a team and manufacturing resources um, for that few of consumers. And so we, we just saw everybody kind of reinventing the wheel everywhere mm. in, in the EV market, you know, because everybody's trying to design their own powertrain. Yeah. And we said, well, you know, for internal combustions, all the gas and diesel engines, um, there's companies that specialize in this. Not everybody has to go design an engine. You can go buy it from a company, you know. Mm. And, and that's when we first kind of looked at where the big gap was. And the hard pivot for us as a company was going from a small kind of lifestyle brand or lifestyle company, um, boutique, to a scalable and high growth business opportunity. Was that, a hard, was that a hard transition yeah. to make like mentally? Because I think about like things that I've started or projects that I've started and it's really difficult sometimes because you get so invested, right? And like yeah. the idea or the process that you're going through that it's hard to make those pivots. Yeah, I mean, I think you could interview, and, and unfortunately, the third founder, <laughs> Eric, isn't here. So, you know, I, the kind of the original, the, like the first moments of Hypercraft was I left the company that I was at, and Eric, um, who I'd known for a long time, came and said, if we're going to build a company, now's the time. And when we talked about doing a snowmobile, then I said, well, we're not going to do this out without somebody like John Miller, who came from Polaris and, you know, the market intelligence, the marketing strength and everything we knew we'd have to have that. So mm -hmm. there's three of us. And, you know, I think we all three had, you know, different views and perspectives on it. And I'll let John kind of speak for himself. But the other thing you have to remember is we, we were working through early 2020 on this. And um, mm -hmm. Eric, the third founder, was leaving medicine. And then COVID hit. Mm. And, you know, he felt like he had an he's obligation. He's based in California, right? He's in, in Reno, Reno, Nevada. Oh, yep. Reno, Nevada. Okay. Uh, and he's in emergency medicine. He's an ER doctor. Um, and his wife is too. So, you know, he, he was like, I, I can't leave medicine now as the world goes into a, a global, you know, pandemic. And doctors are high in demand, right? Oh, super On high in demand. every corner. Yeah. You know, and, and he felt, you know, that's, you know, that, I mean, he's... He's there to help people, right? Save lives and everything like that. So it was a really interesting time as we we kind of like, you know, the world shut down and we thought we were going to go raise capital to build snowmobiles in March of 2020 and the economy collapsed. And then one of your founders decides, hey, I better stay doing what I'm doing. Yep. That's a midnight founders moment. Well, I think right we there, thought right? the economy <laughs> was going to collapse. There was a lot of things that we didn't know. Well, the stock, yeah, I mean, the stock market yeah. plummeted in, you know, March of 2020 and Mm -hmm. um, we had even, there was a couple, you know, we had one very high net worth individual, which I won't say his name because I think everybody would know who he is. He's from Utah, uh, but very much in power sports. And we did an introduction and we had a meeting set up and it was, it was, um, you know, beginning of April, 2020. And he's like, we just found out, or he, you know, he told us, you know, I just laid off 2,300 people. And so that's a midnight moment for sure. Yeah. So then you're, you know, for us and, and, you know, it's, and, and when you start with these concepts, you know, you don't, you know, you're, you're working another job, right? You're, you're always have something for money for me. You had another company yourself, right? Well, at, at the, the time. Same, same time we started Hypercraft, I started a product design company Okay. that eventually um, was turned into kind of another opportunity with another partner mm. that, that I did all through 2020 into 2021 
Um, and that for me was paying the bills. Mm. And so when you, you, when you kind of asked Jake, if, you know, for us, was it hard to let go of the original idea? It was, it there's like so much other stuff that was happening. Yeah. But I remember having conversations because when we got focused on powertrain, it was in phases. Like it's not this big shift. It was, it was a process. It was, it was like, we have this one. So we have, so let's call it a power unit that could power a snowmobile. Mm -hmm. Well, then it's like, well, what else can it power? A motorcycle, a UTV, an ATV. And it's like, okay, well, we'll make it for our snowmobile, but let's go find anybody else that we can sell it to. Mm. Right? We were still hanging on to, we're going to build the snowmobile. Okay. And it was still sort of a pivotal piece of the whole, or cornerstone, I guess you could say, of the whole equation. Yeah. And But it was funny. I'll never forget where I was sitting, and I'm, I guess I forgot what I was wearing, but it was a moment <laughs> where Jake called me, and I I thought we were done. You know, we hit we hit this, like, moment where it was like, you know, we're going to need $20 million, 15 engineers to build this drive system. Like, you know, we're mm -hmm. done, you know, and... and Jake calls me and he, he kind of goes back through the whole process that we just went through. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. 20 million. We're done. Like what, you know, well, what? And he's like, well, how many other people in the world are trying to build a vehicle right now? Whatever it is, they can build a chassis. They can go and buy an old, you know, a gas motor of various size and output. Um, but they want electric. Mm-hmm. And they can't get it. And they're in the same position that we're in right now. How many, how many people are out there like that? And I was like, oh. And that was, for me, that was the moment where it was like, oh, this is big. Hmm. But even then, I mean, I, I think like this, like from that moment, it still took, you know, almost a year to let go of the vehicle. The snowmobile. Right. Yeah, the snowmobile. Oh, perfect snowmobile. Right? We're still going to build the snowmobile. Yeah, See, that's John, I, I want to ride this but snowmobile. But it'll be, so don't it'll be like it. a project that I... We can me. show yeah. you guys what it looks like. It's, you know, we show some people because it's it's really, really cool. Yeah, so you can tell. I was actually going to say that. John still hasn't let go. I'll sign I, I was, I was the first test. one. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, you know, I hope to see it done someday, but I let go of it right away because the one thing that I realized... So, like, if you look at, you know, from, like, my background is, at 18, I had an opportunity to start a company with my parents and my older brother, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, I, I kind of was, like, entrepreneur from day one. Mm -hmm. And, but, you know, and, and it was, like, you know, 15 years of doing that, um, self-capitalized, and what you, definitely a small business, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, we had 50 employees, we manufactured, and, you know, did, did a lot. And we were in the power sports industry, that's how I met John and Eric. But, <clears throat> you know, what I, what I experienced, especially, like, you take, take a look at the first five years of starting a company. Like, I lived through how hard that was, you know? Mm. And I got a taste for, for what that's like. So, And I, you're like, give me more. I want well, more. Well, <laughs> I, I think over time what it, what, it, what it does to, what it did to me was, like, okay, if I'm going to do this again, it, it's got to be a really big idea. Mm, and I was very passionate about the snowmobile and the technology and everything. But I think why I transitioned faster than everybody else was, like, look, we're going to go through pain no matter what, mm. right? Like, and a lot, like, I mean, it, just to be honest, I even told my wife, you know, when, when we started, I'm, like, I, I don't want you to have a misconception of what this is going to be. This is going to be the hardest thing that we've ever done right? 
like you know it going in mm-hmm. when I've now some people are naive and I think that helps like mm-hmm. if you're naive it helps because you don't know what you're but I knew what I was going into so I needed it to be I kind of realized like I need this to be a very big idea mm. and um, I got more excited about high growth and scalable now I've never started a high growth scalable company before mm. um, you know and, and I think we realistically believe that you know hypercraft as a company is is capable of you know, a billion plus in revenue, mm-hmm. right? Now, we don't we don't know sitting here today how we get there. Right. You know, we're on this adventure. We're on this journey right now. We're at the beginning. But you're starting with boats, right? And that's where you're going first. Is that right? I well, know. I mean, we started with automotive, really. Our first customer was a marine client, though. Yeah, I mean, technically it was, so we're doing an electric drive system for an airboat company airboat. in Texas, okay. a manufacturer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can kind of get into the Rev Road relationship because that that was really the breakthrough moment for Hypercraft is when we met Rev Road because I think like a lot of entrepreneurs you don't know what to do first and everything has to happen. It's in overwhelming. Parallel. There's so much coming at you, right? Yeah, exactly. And you 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 don't have instant team. You don't have instant resources. You don't have instant advice. And it takes time to build relationships. But you know, with Rev Road, all of that was high quality and about as instant as you can get. It was incredible for us and. You know, that that was the first time that we really committed as a company to focus on electric powertrains. And um, we did that. Uh, we started with Rev Road, and now we're, you know, just over seven months in, and, and things have been very transformational for us. Very well, cool. And, and, you know, th- another good thing to say about Rev Road is, I mean, it's like there's all these things that, w- that we had, you know, call them assets or talent or luck or you know gifts or you know natural gifts um but what rev road for me really helped us with is like it cut through the clutter of like there's all these things that we have to organize and and set up and Mm -hmm. address and figure out and Mm -hmm. and with rev road it was like clarity like do this then do this then do that Mm. and it was like you know, it just kind of helped us like focus on the right things at the right time. And, um, instead of trying to do everything all at once, um, that's, that's what really stood out to me. And we're excited to see what hypercraft can do. This is going to be really, really, it's going to be a fun ride for all of us, isn't it? Yep. For sure. Cool. It has been. I'm going to throw out a question here and, and, uh, and Jake's going to throw out a couple too, but what, what's maybe the gnarliest thing you guys have done as entrepreneurs to date? Crazy story. Before before Hypercraft or even? Hypercraft, before, I, I don't know. It probably doesn't matter. This is about Midnight Founders, right? Which both mm-hmm. of you are. So is there some crazy story or something really interesting? Or I mean, we've heard all kinds like, of stories, like driving all through the night to get a shipment there on time <laughs> or whatever oh. the case may be. And just there's fun stories. Like a 36 there. hour without sleeping. Like <laughs> yeah. Trying to solve a Five problem. Five gallons of coffee in <laughs> 10, 10 minutes because you got well, you gotta I don't know. Stage or something. For me, I would I would say that long before Hypercraft, like the the years that you know when I'm really when I met Jake is when I kind of took a leap into being self-employed and trying to put ideas out into the world and and mm-hmm. you know self-fund and self-motivate you know those initiatives and um, you know there's there's all the insecurity of of being you know, the weight of everything is on your shoulders yeah. and you have to survive and thrive and strategize and manufacture, assemble, distribute, <laughs> ship, 
taxes. Many hats, right? You know, and like I had been through like an IRS audit. Oh, that no. was pretty brutal. It lasted a few years and I'm, I'm a creative. I'm not, you know, <laughs> a left brain or organizational accountant type. And um, that was pretty brutal for me. But, you know, I think kind of just stepping back from all the brutal things, like you kind of get into a, a phase where you get comfortable in turbulent, you know, times or, or environments. What is it saying? You're comfortable with the uncomfortable. Is yeah, that what it is? yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and for me, that's, that's how I can hang on to the rocket that we're on now is because I'm, I was already uncomfortable kind of, you know, operating lean and, and, you know, and, and into the unknown mm -hmm. and, having faith that, you know, if you just keep doing it, everything reveals itself, everything, you know, you always have what you need and, you know, and you just get through day by day. And, and then at some point you look back and you're like, wow, I just climbed a mountain. I didn't even realize that we were, you know, in such, we've come so far, yeah. you know? So, and I feel like Jake and I sort of had that in common. Cool. Um, from the get go. Cool. But, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, we all know starting a business can be brutal. And I mean, for me, the brutal moments are personal, but, um, you know, it's kind of what you just go through. I think like after, you know, I've done a, a lot of really cool things, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, I've, I've tested, you know, snowmobile components in Patagonia and Chile, you know, and, wow. you know, and I've, uh, but the craziest thing, um, I think, and I, I just did this middle East trip, which was really you just got back yeah i just got yeah. back and um you know the saudi government invited me to come to the f1 race mm. um so that was just a really cool moment because they're very interested in ev and they wanted to meet mm. um and so they're like come to the f1 race in Jeddah, you know right on the red sea and mm. here's vip access and all these crazy things but i mean i was you know the travel schedule and the time change and everything you're like i mean i this is the longest i mean i think i was up for 53 hours you know, all at once, you know, to, you know, with a couple, like a couple, like you've got, you know, an hour, it was an hour and a half flight, you know, <laughs> yeah. from, from Dubai, you know, to Saudi, you know, that kind of thing. But the coolest moment for me was last fall. Um, we got invited to, uh, to be at Velocity Invitational is this racing event. And it's kind of, you don't always know how you get to where you get, but the most meaningful thing about anything that you do in business is the people and the relationships that you build because people build businesses, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. the way we use resources is just, it's all about people. And so that's what I love. And I, I like working. I mean, if we could have 10,000 employees tomorrow, I would do it. You know, I just love seeing people go to work and do what they do well. Um, but it's also meeting the people that have impact in your life. And mm -hmm. so, you know, we're in Laguna Seca in California and, or at the Laguna Seca racetrack in Monterey. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I'm eating dinner with, with Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford. That's cool. After speaking on a panel discussion with, with him and Zach Brown, the CEO of McLaren. Not the same guy in Ford versus Ferrari, right? Not the same guy, <laughs> no. But um, Just kidding. Yeah, it's just kind of like the, the moments really sneak up on you, and you look back, and you're like, man, how did, like that, that's so wild that you end up in that moment. But it was, it was really fun. And he was actually listening to what you were saying and, and engaged and excited to hear about what you're doing, right? I don't know if I was that your impression of it. 
I, <laughs> I mean, sure dinner. Was. So when I had dinner with him, it was epic. Like, mm -hmm. and he's the nicest guy. And he gave me some really good advice. And he told me, look, you spend all of your time, to, time and energy trying to get to the next level. But you never think about what you do and who you'll be at the end when you finally arrive. Spend time thinking about that, you know, because he worked up. He came from Toyota, and then he eventually worked all the way up and forward to become CEO. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm, I, when, I, when that moment came, I realized I wasn't prepared mm. to be CEO. You know, and I, I think he's an incredible CEO of Ford, and I think sure. what they're doing is, is incredible. Um, but he, you know, it was just really interesting advice. So I, but during the panel discussion, that, that was a different deal, and, and I, don't, I don't know if they were really 100% welcome and warming. Mm. I don't know. I felt like they were, they were in their own realms trying to get their own agendas across. And it wasn't, it wasn't about, you know, whether, you know, Jake was qualified to be there. It's like everybody yeah. had something that they were pushing for in their own realm. And that's what they were just more focused on Got what it. they were trying to get across. But it was super cool. Yeah. It's funny how, I don't know. I mean, we've, we've, come across and rubbed elbows with some pretty incredible people. I mean, just in the last year through all of this, um, you know, I, how many billionaires have we met now? I had never met a billionaire before Hypercraft started, you know? No. And the, the cooler yeah. thing is, yeah, you get opportunities to solve problems for billionaires, you know, mm -hmm. now. So, yeah, it's, 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 been, it's been a wild ride for us. Very cool. Yeah, I think that's, that's incredible. Uh, I want a wakeboard behind one of these electric boats at some yeah, point. Right. I can just think about not being able to hear the boat while you're wakeboarding. And that <laughs> sounds that sounds fun. But don't you have to eat what did you have? Frogs or something to, to get this guy <laughs> to close the deal? Or what, what was the story there? I, I remember Yeah, that. we were yeah, we went down to Texas to meet with the airboat manufacturer. They're airboats. They got those big yeah, fans yeah, on the big back. Fans yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's funny how um, how you, you really focus in on, and we're kind of in the midst of it. Like, this is a really, really, you know, kind of critical time for us. But you don't get a lot of sleep. And, and that's, like, one of the things that sticks with you. Um, you have to be willing to, to go a long time without sleep. But, mm -hmm. yeah, we got down there, hard travel schedule. And then at, like, 11 o'clock at night, they're like, let's go out into the swamp and go hunting for bullfrogs. <laughs> and we did that until, like, 2 a.m. It was... Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> and then the next day, awesome. yeah, yeah, the next day they fried them up and we ate frog, frog, frog legs. legs. So. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, it is funny because, you know, on that trip, it occurred to me very quickly. And I think I commented to Jake at some point, like, do you realize what we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives? We're going to be test driving the most exotic vehicles all over the world. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, yeah. and... Um, and, cool thing to have happen. and that's like that's an exciting thing and yeah, you know is. and right after that we were test driving the rally cross race cars out on the track and um you know it's just it's cool because we get to go out and you know and then we were out at velocity we're on the racetrack with you know media credentials and um meeting people like we went to a a party that you know in an airplane hangar and they had these like jets on display as if it was like you know at the mall you see like an audi dealership like has a 
you know. What were they saying? Like, Electrify these, right? Well, no, it's just like they had jets on display That's at cool. this party as yeah. if like everybody While at the you're party having could your, buy one of these, you, you know, know, the charcuterie okay. board or whatever. Yeah. Like you're picking, you can just go walk in. Take one of these home in your bag kind of thing, right? Yeah, you can go look at what <laughs> your next jet purse for, is. Um, purses. Brand new Learjet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Great. No yeah. big deal. That's, That's incredible. incredible. Yeah. So uh, obviously you guys have been doing this for a little while. Um, there's probably a million lessons that you've learned that were probably really difficult in the time, you know, when you're going through it and learning the lesson, those are probably hard days, but looking back, do you have any advice or is there like a lesson that you learned that you would love to share with new founders that are getting ready to start their companies? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always one of the most challenging questions to answer. Right. And I think for me, it's hard to feel like I'm in a position to give that type of advice, but you know, I, I think, you know, the first thing is, you know, to really understand who you are because who you are is kind of what kind of business you're going to be good at. If you're an entrepreneur, you kind of know it. Um, but there's different types of businesses, you know, and I was in a small business for a really long time and I realized it just wasn't a fit for me. Um, and I, I think that that was one of the biggest things mm. that I would say is, you know, because we, t- we can talk about like, you know, Tons of other things, <laughs> you know, like you guys know, there's so many, you know, even big lessons, yeah. you know, and things to understand. But, but, I, but I think at the end of the day, if it's, you know, you know, it's not, it's not a fit for everybody and entrepreneurship in general. Well, yeah. And the type of business, you mm. know, like, and, and what your role is, like, don't try to be something that you're not. That's good advice. And, I like that. Yeah. And, and you, you know, I think if you can kind of soul search first, you're going to get through the hardest times a lot better because the Mm. energy that we have as entrepreneurs is comes from when we're operating within the genius that we have. Like everybody has a genius, you know, and what comes most naturally to you is, is where you want to be. And you know, it's not, Mm. I don't think it's the same as like, you know, for me, it's not the same as, you know, pick something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Right. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like work is work. Yeah. It's so hard. Relentlessness is one of our core values at Hypercraft mm. for a reason. I like that. Because you, if you like at the end of the day, if you have a good idea and fairly good timing and you don't quit, you make it. That's it. Like I, I, I think that's the simplest form to me is like, yeah, if you, I mean, there's a couple key things that you have to have right, but you know, you're going to fail 10,000 times and you're going to learn 10,000 lessons. But if you don't know who you are and, and really what you're good at and where you should be in a company or in your role, like even for me as a, you know, quote unquote CEO, you know, I mean, I'm constantly, as we grow, even saying, is this a good fit for me? You know? Mm. And as soon as I realize maybe it's It takes a lot of, a lot of, you know, kind of gut chat and soul searching and, well, vulnerability, I, right? You've kind of got to kill your ego a little bit. Yeah, you know? I think so. But it's, but it's, I know that's where my happiness is going to be. And also where the highest impact is like, I'm all about impact. I got one life mm-hmm. and every day I get to choose what I do with my time and my energy and the relationships and everything. I want to have the most impact I can in the world. Positive impact. Mm. Okay. Let's just make sure it's, not, <laughs> well, I don't want negative. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want negative impact. I, you know, so you know, I, I, I mean, if that's, you know, like, I mean, for me, like John and I were just talking about this. If, if that for me is sitting down on a computer and doing CAD modeling, you 
know, and I can have the highest impact for for Hypercraft doing that, then that's what I want to be because there's probably a ton of great CEOs. Um, but if if I can have the highest impact for Hypercraft as a CEO and I enjoy doing it, then I'm going to stay doing it. So I think that soul searching and knowing who you are is, is probably the biggest biggest lesson. And I think that's incredible advice. Yeah, being able to have yeah, that like level it. of introspection and being willing to like check your ego, like you said, John. Mm-hmm. I think that's incredible advice. But is there an element, and maybe this is a good question for John, is there an element of uh, trial and error, kind of trying a few things out to see where that well, passion And actually, that's a good segue for what I wanted to build on. What Jake was saying is, you know, and I think one of the secret ingredients of why Hypercraft is performing the way it is, is we have an incredible team of mm-hmm. people who I think have matured in their own ways before this point. Mm. And we all know who we are and we've all learned our lessons and we all bring something unique to the table. So, so there's no, you know, sometimes there's a, like a, where our, there's an overlap of skill set or vision or, you know, where we, we might trip over each other, but we actually complement each other really well. Mm. There's no like redundancy where we're competing with anybody else like in our realm. So like the people that have showed up, like we all kind of bring um, like a more holistic Mm. um, perspective and experience to the table. And and that's what's, I think, allowing us to expand the way that we are because it's being handled in all these different realms are being handled simultaneously. But, you know, the way that it's all working though is that we all align to a vision as well so you know i think having a clear vision of where you're going and the values that you're operating on relentlessness that, well right. and then it creates that um that. that law of attraction that we're all here operating on the same why like what gets us out of bed in the morning mm-hmm. why do we care enough to you know put ourselves out there and and take this big leap together mm. you know and to your point specifically, like I think it can happen at 18. And I think for some people it happens at 25. Like I was in a family business. I was very dedicated to the family business. Mm-hmm. And it, after 15 years, I left and I realized like, you know, okay, that was, I learned so much. Mm. But I realized I, I don't, you know, I was somebody different, right? Mm. So for me, it happened at 33, you know, and, and for some people it might be 18. But you know, it's all who you have in your life and everybody's journey is a little bit different. So yeah. I think it's just at, like, if you're, if you're really going all in, if you're a founder and entrepreneur, and I think you're really going all in on something that you believe in, take that moment and just say, you know, who am I? Cause you know, there's a lot of great ideas in the world. Um, but as we know, very few make it. And I think there's a couple factors, mm. but that might be a big one. Another one of our values is fearless, fearlessness, be fearless. Mm. And and that's, you know, Jake, Jake's an all in kind of guy and he's a great, you know, role model for that spirit. And I think we all live that in some way. Um, but look, we don't have it all figured out right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, anybody who's jumping into the, the abyss, you know, jumping off the cliff and building the airplane while they're falling, <laughs> um, you know, whether they're 18 and less experienced or, you know, whatever, wherever they are in their maturity or career or, or whatever. Um, look, you just got to throw yourself out there, you know, put it into the universe and, and ask for what you want. And, 
and go after it regardless of what you don't know and and it might crash and burn yeah you know but the that's hard for people isn't it you know the experience that you gain from that is exponential you know the um like i i mentioned my my irs audit like (laughs) What did I, you do, John, to have one of those happen? Well, I'm just horrible <laughs> at accounting is, was the problem. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I know a lot more about finance oh, from that experience. Yeah. And, you know, the way that I, I sort of justified it in the back, like after it was all over was, you know, I could have paid $10,000 for an accounting class at college mm-hmm. and become an expert at it. Or yeah. I could pay the IRS $10,000 for the, the same lesson. And it's like... One way or the other, you're going to get the experience, you know? And so even when the things that happen that you don't want to happen, you learn so much. And and then you take that experience to the next thing that you do and you're that much better, you know? So it's kind of like embracing. So he's going to offload the CFO responsibility. <laughs> well, yeah. Needless to say, John doesn't do any finances. Yeah. Kind of uh, smart decision. <laughs> I'm sure John likes that too, right? Oh, no, yeah. that's that's I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Like John is a genius. Like what the world, how how the world will change now that John is a part of Hypercraft is so exciting for cool. me to watch play out because he's doing for Hypercraft his genius thing. He's, yeah. His role is is there and that we you know we all have to find that and sometimes it does take time but i think if you know that's what you're looking for you know you'll do it my favorite quote is from thomas edison and he said everything works out in the end and if it hasn't worked out it's not the end i love that and and i think that's it like you know just stay in it that's cool well speaking of end we probably ought to wrap up this has been so fun john and and jake and think that if you guys are okay with it, we'd love to have you on the show again and talk more about what's next for Hypercraft because I'm sure there's lots of cool things you guys are working on. So uh, where can the audience find out more about Hypercraft? Tell us where to go. So hypercraftusa.com or on our social channels at hypercraftusa. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, you guys. That was fun. Yeah, it was a pleasure, honestly. Thanks for having us. Great information. Excited to see what happens with Hypercraft.